Hey, guys, sorry. What? Hey. What did he say? I said sorry. I was waiting on my uh, my Discord update. I was yawning. I heard that. I'd like to lead with this food thing, but I think, Michael, hello. Hiya. JJ, hello. Hello. Uh, We have to finish up Evangelion 2.22 because we left without really discussing more than the insane plot of that film. Not insane in so much as like, oh my gosh, this was crazy. Uh, But uh, insane as in, wow, there's a lot going on here. It is very convoluted. Yeah. It was a lot in every sense of that word. (laughs) Um, So I think it's much more clear to me personally Last time when we watched this as a show, the iconography and the story did not seem to have a direction. Uh, This time it seems more clear and concise and directed. And I was wondering if you either of you knew about Gnosticism as a... Uh, the uh, the, uh the, what theology, the theological uh theory, I guess it's like a scientific theology. It's, it's kind of weird to say. So I'm not sure about you, Michael, but I've definitely heard about it before. Not like ever studied it deeply. But I certainly know that there are a lot of connections between it and the original show. Yeah. So the idea, the main idea, it seems like to me, if I was going to boil it down into one go, is uh, Gnosticism is like uh, the spiritual spark or divine spark or God or whatever your, your religion calls it right so like buddhism and all these that you even don't have uh like god per se uh those are within people in terms of their experience of the world right and that's their operating theology and it seems to me this is uh uh it was very well it was like connected to christianity early on and so it, it seems to be that this is maybe the operating theory of this show going forward. The movies seem to make it much more clear, but I didn't know if you guys had any thoughts on that. Yeah, I'm not too... Stuff I know is that definitely, like, people have found all these, like, Gnostic, I guess, for... Is that a word? I guess it is, I think so. G-N-O... S-T-I-C, Gnostic. Yeah, the, those sorts of symbols uh, are all throughout Evangelion, just not the show originally and these movies as well. And I wasn't sure 
Yeah, because we're not all the way sure where the movies are going now anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't sure if it was just like it was there because it was expected to be there or if they had like more intent and purpose with it this time compared with last time where it felt kind of like, hey, we're doing some iconography stuff because iconography is cool, I guess. I don't know. It definitely uh, seemed like the pay the before was lightly adherent. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, that's that's just what I picked up when I was I was reading about, you know, kind of like the the symbolism this time around. I was like, this sounds familiar. I, I think that I've heard of this before and we looked at, I looked into it and it was kind of like where we were where we were headed seemed very similar. Um we didn't really talk about his music recorder this time around. I don't know if you guys noticed. Like last time, it was seemed very important, and this time it seems to be much more of a uh, symbol for his relationship with his dad, and that's about it. But I didn't know if you had paid any more attention to his music player this time, like last time. I think I did notice it more watching through this one, and it it kept making me wonder if they were trying to say something deeper through the the continued showing of the music player and the timestamps on it and i oh, i don't know that right. i came to anything about it but it seemed like he was always listening to one song on loop in this version versus the other version where he had multiple songs and stuff like that and was the the TV show version was much more like the angsty Shinji, and so I always thought he was listening to the Smiths, just, you know, <laughs> sadly in his room. So uh, we definitely time, see... It was just a loop, oh, right? So we definitely see at least two tracks him listening to. Okay. And I... it might Maybe there's a third one also, but I, certainly you remember in the the show right there's a there are scenes where he's he gets to the end of the track and then he like loops it back to the beginning of the track right and then goes back to the track before that and like listens to those sort of two tracks sort of back and forth it seemed which is funny because it's a tape player so right like that's not really how (laughs) (laughs) but i i got the impression this time that there were more tracks then in the show, I think the show had him going to like tracks. Like, how many episodes were there of the show? Was it twenty six? Hmm, that sounds high, but it might be right. Okay, I don't know. It, and then how do you count the last ones because they're all and the weird end of Evangelion and right in the movie, right? So, so the but the impression that I got this time was that there were additional tracks because you at least oh, there see were for sure. There were 26 episodes. Okay. And that, <coughs> but that you see for sure yeah. at least 27 tracks on the, on it this time. Okay. And like, is that showing like, Oh, you know, is this like a foreshadowing of like, Hey, we're going beyond the end or something like that. Right. So if you Ooh. think of like the numbers, that was kind of the, again, this is me and my, red string on the (laughs) whiteboard here you know but is like is it going beyond the the end is this the but then you also see him rewinding into tracks you know that would in theory have been the past so it's not like it the metaphor doesn't quite work i guess is what i'm saying but maybe it's also showing that they're showing both new and old things going on okay 
it, there's definitely a more um, developed symbolism this time around, but um, I mean, it must mean something, right? They spent enough money animating it that, like, you know, you hope so, right? Yeah. Did you guys have any loose ends of stuff we didn't talk about last time, or should we just see if we have wild ideas of where this thing's going? I think the tape player was kind of the last thing I had to talk about. Okay. I just, I thought uh, my last thing was kind of that, that the uh, Gnostic theory seemed to be very strong this time around with the um, reaching into Ava's and, you know, the people being inside the, or going down into their Ava's and all that sort of stuff. The, the soul idea seems to be much more interior than last time, maybe. Or at least spoken about more clearly. So yeah, I'm gonna go read up on that stuff now that you have brought it to my attention. <laughs> All right, fine, fine. Michael's just waiting for us to have a food fight anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait. We got to talk yeah, about can, where we, we think it's going, going, man. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I want. I want we got to do predictions because we're all gonna be wrong. I feel so. It doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. Uh, I continue to think Shinji's dead. And it just, he now has been stabbed through the heart with a giant spear. Oh, man. So you think it's like the, he is like the Ray clones or he's going to be some sort of similar situation? I don't know that there's any, uh, with the Shinji and everyone other than Ray need to clone them. Is what I'm saying. The next movie Mark my words. We'll open with him staring at that ceiling again. I'm not saying he's being cloned. I'm saying maybe he's being reincarnated over and mm. over. Hmm. Okay. I mean, at least in terms of how long those shots feel, it feel like they felt filled up half the movie. So I could... <laughs> see that as a good time-based bet it like, seems oh. to start being important here i don't know um do you think we he actually saved ray that's the question or is it all in their heads what was going on inside there before they started the uh third impact gosh yeah Ooh. i'm gonna go with yes he saved her Okay. I'm going to go with no. And only because he got hit with the spear. Mm. Like he would have saved her if the spear hadn't come down at the end? Well, well, I mean, everybody would be dead. But so then it wouldn't have mattered, I guess. (laughs) But if she's not, hard to say. Yeah. Say if she's not if she's not linked to his Ava, would the spear hitting Unit One have hurt her in any way? So, like, do you think maybe he pulled her into his Ava, and that his Ava now is her instead of his mom? Isn't well, prior knowledge from the show, isn't she his mom also? Kind of. Oh yeah, certainly right. Yeah. There's that too, which is. Like, weird, uh, considering their relationship seems to be headed a different direction in this. 
Yeah. <laughs> you had to think about that one for a second, didn't you? Didn't. Uh, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Those. Uh, my prediction is he's dead. She's dead. But maybe he gets reincarnated here. And uh, maybe everyone finally abandons Tokyo 3. That would be good. I don't know. What are they going to do? It's kind of crazy how that ends. You don't, I don't feel like they rebuild everything and keep it the same. It's got to be something new going on. You wouldn't blow yeah. up the entire set of your show, right? And then rebuild it all. I think them going outside of Tokyo 3 is my big prediction for this. Because you're right. They, like, confidently blow the set up, you know? <laughs> Uh, and it doesn't feel like they're going to be hanging around there anymore. So I don't know what the plan is. Maybe they, you know, move to some other double secret base somewhere else or whatever. But I, or they go to the moon now. Who knows? I don't know. But I think that we move the show somewhere else and there's other stuff going on. What's your big moonshot there, Michael? Uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be careful about what I want to say. Cause I, I think I mentioned to you guys offline that there is one piece of information. Oh, you that I ran into about a spoiler. The, yeah. There's oh, one piece no. of information that I know about the next movie and okay. it, it would answer a bunch of questions that you, you guys both just posed and I don't want to spoil that for you. Okay. All right. So Michael's tainted information has disqualified him from making a prediction. <laughs> you are perhaps. disqualified. All right. Um, maybe we finally see yeah, one of the other like nerve headquarters or something. That'd be cool. Yeah, maybe we learn more about the Sele guys because I feel like that's a thing that was that's never gonna really have well to be a thing. I mean, that was never well explained in the first show, and I feel like there's more going on with them this time. Yeah, yeah. knowing uh people's plans and like what what the two sides are actually planning, plotting behind each other's backs would be cool this time around, rather than just it sort of ending. Yeah. Okay. Uh, three point... uh, you know what? I will. I oh. will throw out one. I'm going to say that we see another pilot who we haven't seen yet. Oh well, the, there's Ooh. four more coffins to open. That's well, a good if, point. If the coffins are pilots, but math. We did the math on that, and it seemed likely. But oh, but also it could. You know, it could knows, be anything. The, yeah. yeah. This show, at least in the yeah. past, has loved to pull things out of who knows where, man. So okay, so a new pilot, that sounds cool. Uh, we know, well, we don't know, I guess, that Oscar uh, survived, but we at least saw her, and they said they were going to try and treat her. So we could get her. It sounds like Ma Mari survived. Yeah. The fight. Who knows if she survived the aftermath of the fight. So we could have at least... And then we got, what, Kawaru? Mm-hmm. So that's three pilots. Shinji and Rei may or may not be around. That's, that's going to be interesting. Because there's not enough Avas to go around anymore. Right, yeah. We blew a bunch of them up. <laughs> Lost at least two. Yeah. And even if they hadn't, Japan's only allowed three of them. <laughs> Apparently nobody wants them anymore. All right. So 3.33 will not be next week or this week. 3.33 will be October 11. 
Yes? <clears throat> what do we think of that? I, I'm, that I'm sounds in. doable. Okay, so for people listening, that'll be October 13th. Oh, Wednesday the 13th. <laughs> Not a thing. Not oh, a thing. Okay. <laughs> it at least has the three in it. Food fight? Food fight. So everybody's ready. People on their oh. phones, go to cuberule.com. C-U-B-E. R-U-L-E.com. Pause the podcast. <laughs> Read through it. And mm-hmm. in the grand tradition of the food crimes court that we have convened here in days past, you know, we we are knowers and understanders of food and food culture, I think, which definitely gives us the right to opine on this, so... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone who wants to, you know, complain that we're going to talk about food stuff needs to go back and uh, listen, listen to the episodes yeah. of the Food Crimes Court. Most podcasts <laughs> that we've done. Yes. Uh, jury is now in session. Uh, we might need an executioner for this one. Uh. <laughs> oh, man. I don't You know, okay. So everyone now uh, hopefully has read it, right? We all understand the grand at, at first when Michael linked this to me, I thought this was like time cube or something. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all remember time cube? <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. And it's like, I was like, Oh, what? Oh, cube rule. Is this some kind of like updated time cube for the zoomers or something? I like, what is this? And like, no, <laughs> no, it's not. But also maybe it is. <laughs> The so what what's the actual principle? I I so it's uh, a it is supposed to be a grand unifying theory of what is and isn't it, the ultimate evolution of the theory of what is and isn't a sandwich. Right. So like, is is a hot dog a sandwich? Went around the internet forever, and this proposes that the problem with a sandwich and all these things is that you're not correctly identifying the location of your starches, and that if you do, then you can identify the food. Right. But not everything is a cube, is my initial uh, take on this. And then, you know, they tried to deal with that later. So the, the issue, right, and certainly Andrew already cut to the heart of the issue with this, right, is that the cube works well for box and box like things and when you start getting into spheres or rounded surfaces you start having arguments about what constitutes a side and i also (laughs) take issue that he has things in multiple places that should be together so i i think the important thing about this and the thing that like eventually led me to settle on i'm okay with this as a as a grand unifying theory is that it holds true only until you touch it. <laughs> and so it, as soon as you, so like, so like a pie, right? Yeah. The uh-huh. pie has crust on the sides and the bottom. Sure. And by this theory, it is a cal or sorry, what a quiche. Well, no, hold on. That's but not an, true. An open, See, top, an open top pie, right? Well, but no, but not even an open top pie because he's got pumpkin pie under toast. Ah, uh, but pumpkin, that's a slice of pumpkin pie. Yes. 
That is the important thing, right? So the, the full pie untouched is a quiche. Quiche. But as soon as you take the slice out, the single slice becomes toast because there's the only un- starch on the slice one side. Piece become? Yeah, so now that's a good question, and I was going to mm-hmm. pose that to the team because so the un the unsliced becomes uh, this is this is an untopped one. See, a topped one is easy because then it becomes a quiche, right? It's so just then you like need more shapes because then it's like a rhombus. No, so there's it's like it's kind of a taco. Oh God. Because you have broken the connection. Okay, we got to start over for people. <laughs> so, so number one category is toast. When you only have starch on the bottom, starch on top and bottom is sandwich. Starch on three sides is taco. Starch on four sides is sushi. For some reason, it goes around, right? Like it's, it's a, encompasses all sides, but not yeah. the two ends. Yeah. Uh, like, although, so, like a rolled taco have, is a sushi. I would have gone with wrap because most wraps can be. A anyway. wrap is also a sushi. <laughs> it's right there. Falafel wrap under sushi. Yeah, I yep. understand. A, I would have gone with a wrap. Sushi. I would have gone with wrap and then said sushis are wraps. And then everyone would be like, yeah, okay, I get that. Pigs in a blanket or sushi. Five is quiches. Six is calzones. So five is five sides, six sides on a cube. Uh all filled in as a calzone, which so, you know, in like theory a- means it doesn't have to be actually six sides because he's got under calzones like a corn burritos, dog and a burrito. corn dogs for some reason. See, it, it, here's where it made the point that, to me that it, it came true, right? He talks about like a pie whole or the uncrustable uneaten. Uneaten, is, yeah. Yes, because as soon as you bite it, you now have lost the all-encompassing calzone nature, and it either becomes perhaps a quiche or, I don't know, sushi somehow. Maybe Depending it's... on if you take a bite out of opposite sides. Yeah. Well, uh, here's my first issue with this. One is that he's got hot dogs under tacos. But everybody knows if you don't buy the correct buns, a hot dog will split into two bread pieces. So this is this was my point about not touching it. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're right back to where we started. And I want I want to be clear that that my wife and I had this a similar discussion exactly about this and the the uncut gyro uh, or the uh, the unseparated sub sandwich is the same idea, right? Mm-hmm. You have the bread; it's connected at one end. Currently, it is a taco. As soon as you have finished topping the hot dog and actually pick it up, it will almost inevitably become a sandwich at some point. But the idealized version <laughs> of, the, of the hot dog is the taco. And then, you know, once you've picked it up, the bread is separated and now it's a, now it's a sandwich. So in theory, in theory, all of these eventually become toast. No. It, depending on how you eat them. But yeah, like, you know, they change the thing can change based on what it currently is, right? It isn't isn't forever beholden to one form. Also, he put in cake. I don't know if you noticed that. Yes, yeah, I did. Under the other yeah. examples. Uh also soup or a, a salad with <laughs> zero sides. So cake has uh 
is triple layered toast, basically, which would mean a pile of flapjacks, but not one flapjack, because that's toast. Correct. Yes. A, a, what would you call those? A club sandwich, which has, you know, the bread in the middle that's cake, apparently. Right. Or like a Big Mac or a multi-layered cake, but not a single layer cake. Yeah. What is a single layered cake? Toast? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How can you really are how you, you not have cake you... in the cake category? So it depends, right? If you fill the cake, maybe you could argue those layers are separated now. Well, but the, and he does that under sandwich, Victoria sponge cake, which is just two layers of cake with filling in between. Poutine is a salad. <laughs> and soup is also a salad. <laughs> That's a wet salad. Oh my god. This uh <laughs> I think that I, is a it I is a unifying theory in so much as he probably got a lot of backlash. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Look, I think I think my one issue with it is that there needs to be a a 1.5 category that is a bottom and one side, right? Because the pie, the slice of pie or slice like slice of cheesecake becoming toast is a bit of a stretch, especially for something like a cheesecake where it is at a 90 degree angle. I think it's actually less of a stretch to say that pie is a type of toast. (laughs) Then (laughs) I want to actually, I think the the issue I have with it is similar to Michael's, but it's about uh, the sushi configuration or the wrap configuration, because what about the open ended pie situation where you have three sides, but then one end or the other end and not the top. Because like if it's like a taco, you have an end, like if you had another covering on one side of that slice of pie, you would have the open ended or the uneaten portion of the pie you took one slice out of, right? And that doesn't fit into any of these categories. Or your burrito? Oh no, I guess a burrito that you've taken one bite out of is a quiche. Yeah, but if you're a madman and you eat like the top of a burrito off somehow. What do you have now? A wet burrito, right? If you you ate a wet burrito and you left half the tortilla in there. Ooh, if you have a wet burrito, though, does it become cake? No. No, those layers have to be separated. Never mind. No, but you could make it quiche. You could make it quiche, right? Depending on how you open it up. Yeah, see, this is... I, I, I think that when we talked about is a hot dog a sandwich a long, long time ago... It came down to function over form for me. And I think this proves to me that it's function over form. Because an Uncrustable is not a burrito. Right, I mean, by this, an Uncrustable is a calzone. And so is a burrito. And so is a corn dog. Right. Uh, I want to posit something else that uh, caused words in my family. And did y'all... I had never eaten an Uncrustable until last year. Really? Okay. Yeah. They weren't around when we were kids. Right, and I made that point. Um, but it, I was I was told that that was weird uh, to not know what an Uncrustable even was. Like, I'd never heard of them until yeah. last year. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever eaten one straight out of the freezer? Yeah, so I was told to do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I did it, and yeah, hey, you know, it was pretty good. I don't know. Like, you know, a little little PB&J pocket thing. It's a little okay. snack. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, 
not impugning the honor of an uncrustable here. It was just like, I had never heard of this. And it was brought up in conversation unrelated to anything related to this. And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, didn't know what that was. And I am, am not and have never been in a crust cut off person. Yeah, I, I ate all the crusts as well. Michael's suspiciously quiet about crust. Oh, no, it's the same for me. Okay, you had me worried there for a minute. <laughs> we, gotta, we gotta come together in these trying sandwich times. Nigiri sushi is not toast. So, you know, it comes down to what you feel about rice. Yeah. I think I think it just wades into the sandwich debate with too much, you know, this is a heavyweight argument in a lightweight fight. Yeah, I possibly rice is confusing in this because is the starch that they're talking about like a because then like what is a bowl of rice? Uh, There's at the very bottom. You are free to interpret. What does it say? Yeah, you are free to interpret the nature of rice however you wish. Well, if I'm free to interpret it that it's a starch or not, I mean, like what? I like that the vanilla soy latte, vanilla soy latte, a three bean wet salad. (laughs) Um, the idea. Uh, So, by Andrew's potential definition, right? The thing with if rice is considered not a starch, then is nigiri sushi soup (laughs) (laughs) it's salad no because it has no salad yeah Yeah. it's a a salad salad yeah Yeah, salad oh chocolate is a salad yeah i see but it brings up good points of like what is a pig in a blanket right or a corn dog Mm -hmm. are those a sandwich is if a hot dog's a sandwich then the corn dogs a sandwich, maybe. Just I mean, both bread. of those are on are, are on here in in examples. Different categories, though. <laughs> yep, corn dogs calzone, pig in a blanket is sushi. It's fascinating. I the amount of brain power it took to come up with this is high, the or really very impressive. low. <laughs> <laughs> the really impressive part about it is how like expandable and. If you want to, th- if you want to stretch your brain, you can really get it to conform to pretty much close to anything, right? Depending on what your definition of sides of a cube is. Yeah. 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 But what happens when you have like a a pyramid shape? You know, like what, what is an ice cream cone? Food? Are you okay? Like what's an ice cream? Uh, an ice cream cone would be quiche. Why? It's one because piece. it has a it has a single open side. Yeah, I don't hmm. know. I don't know if I can live with that one. But if I bite the bottom off the ice cream cone, it's sushi. Yes. And if I get a uh, a drumstick, it's a calzone. No, it's not. Okay. It's still. It's still a quiche. Um, a quiche because the topping in the drumstick is not starch. It's chocolate. Jeez. 
so it's still a top <laughs> it's still filling into okay <laughs> okay i'm done with the cube theory <laughs> yeah it's I'm, I'm taking a pause people should I, I hope everyone took the time to read that website it is it is funny. a very funny hoot uh, especially the history section. Yeah. It, allowing you to say words like, you know, a enchilada is sushi is <laughs> just very good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good. Hey, we haven't talked about games in two weeks because, uh, oh, no, that's not true. We did last week with me being disappointed in Warzone. So I won't go first this time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we should get a little game time in. Michael, what have you been up to? Uh, So I have been playing through, well, replaying might be a more apt description, but I noticed last week that an old favorite of mine that has been updated was on sale on Steam, so I bought it and I fired it up. I've been playing through Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning. Oh, man. Yeah, so I don't know if you guys remember the original Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. Uh, but I remember was... the huge drama that encompassed that yes. EA game. <laughs> uh, it wasn't uh, EA. It wasn't EA? No, it was Bio- no. BioWare? Who? I think nope. Was... No, so was... this was the, the the part of the reason why this one was made all the news for its issues was because it was the only game the studio ever put out. Um, it really? was... Yes. No, it was, it was an EA game for sure. No, this was, was Kurt Schilling's studio. Yeah, but that's EA is the publisher, Michael. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you are both right. Okay. Okay. Great. Uh, I apologize. That was part of the craziness of this. Was that it was was uh what was his name? Big huge games or something like that. I don't want to give yes. credence to Kurt Schilling, but yes. it was like big, huge games something and 38 like studios. <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah. And then it was written by. R.A. Salvatore. Oh, there you go. It was written by somebody famous was what I was going to say. And I know, um, a uh, comic book artist worked on the art. I can't remember who that yes. was either. Because I don't do research. Because I didn't know you were going to say Kingdoms of Amalur. What a fascinating, <laughs> what a fascinating thing. Todd McFarlane, JJ. Yes. Oh, that's right. wow. Okay. Did all yeah. the artwork for the game. Big name. Yeah. What? Uh, so I remember I played the original version of this game uh, okay. on P- on PC. Yep. That yes. was. I think that was, that was the only way you could play it. it. Yeah. It came out on consoles. Did it? Pre- pretty sure the PS3 360 era. Yeah, for sure. Oh. I thought it was PC but, only. No, I don't don't think okay. so. No, but you're probably the, right. The end. So, how does the game play now? I'm very curious to hear. Uh, it's you know the the gameplay really holds up. Okay. Um, it doesn't because they they remastered it. Um, to bring it up to slightly more modern standards uh you know it's it's still it's never going to be cutting edge but um to make it look better on modern computers uh they they updated the graphics a little bit um but the the combat doesn't suffer from it it's still 
it was the combat system was pretty smooth uh in the original and this uh stays pretty faithful to that hmm. i remember i think my character used daggers i want to say and i just remember pressing one button a lot well yeah there are like 10 or 12 weapon types and you can have any any two of them equipped at the same time interesting so did you end up uh what kind of character did you end up making then so i tend to run with a mage staff and a bow i like it (laughs) <laughs> that's do- uh-huh. like double range <laughs> yeah yeah the range is good like, I, don't, the... I don't want to get in there and fight I, I want to be back here <laughs> so the staff still gives you gives you some good uh, melee attack yeah there is also a uh, there's a scepter which basically looks like a uh, a katana but it fires magic bolts so that's your real range weapon wow Cool, cool. But it's good. Um, I've been enjoying it so far. I've put in five or six hours. Uh, <laughs> I forgot how much the very early game is kind of a uh, an inventory management sim. Ooh. Until you get to, you know, a couple of hours in, you get to the point where you can stash equipment that you don't want to carry around with you. Hmm. And then it becomes much, much less... Uh, constant juggling of your inventory. Nice. I mean, so it sounds like the game never really suffered from all the insanity that was the uh, Kurt Schilling Studios. They, I think they had two. So uh, I think the, the craziness around that is that all of that stuff happened after this game came out. Yes, so the game came out, they released DLC for it, um, and then the studio basically took a nosedive. I think they had like investors who wound up backing out, and they didn't sell enough copies of the game to recoup the investment that the state of Rhode Island, I think, had made into them. That yeah, the state right. of Rhode Island got involved. Schilling says he lost his entire fortune. I remember that. People were like, what? How is that even possible? And then I remember they got, the SEC got involved and like, uh, uh, Rhode Island ended up getting in trouble, trouble because they used a bunch of public money without like notifying people that held Rhode Island bonds. The, my memory of it, and again, it could be very wrong, but a lot of the, the craziness is that they were developing this other game based on the same world and the same sorts of you know properties and stuff. It, yeah, it was supposed saw, to be part of the same it, thing. And it was supposed to be an MMO, like a oh. WoW style MMO. And that never went anywhere and sucked tons of money out. And then this game came out because they were like, we need to do something with all this stuff. And then after the game came out, it was just like, dude, we don't have enough money to make this MMO. <laughs> How do you suck down $50 million and not come out with a game? I mean, that's what I want to know. You know, it's a uh, pay some executives too much money. I don't know how anything works, man. I guess. I guess. 
So how did this game come out? Did they didn't revitalize these companies? Is EA even involved in this? Uh, so the studios got. I read up on this because um, I was I was asking the same question. The studios got bought um, by THQ Nordic. Oh, the big uh, the big buyer of everything now. Uh, yeah, you're talking Embracer Group. Is that THQ Nordic also? Yes. Yes. Then yes, Embracer Group owns basically everything small, right? They're trying to anyway. Yeah. Um, so they got bought up, and I guess someone there decided, hey, we want to um, touch up this game, put it back out, and they're actually working on new DLC for it too. I'm not surprised. It got good reviews. Yeah, I remember enjoying the game, feeling like the combat was a little kind of whatever at the time. But I remember being like, hey, this is cool. Like, this, there's like tons of quests. It was like really big for the world at the time. It felt that way anyway. Yeah. I just feel like we're headed for another Vivendi now where they own like too much <laughs> stuff. All their finances get entangled and in trouble. Ugh, I hope that doesn't happen. Please, please no embracer. That's cool, Michael. Yeah. I think uh, one of my favorite things about it, um, which still holds true, but one of the reasons I liked it so much back then was that it was an it was basically an MMO without the O part. Yeah, which is exactly what I wanted. This is exactly what a lot of people want. That's why that Skyrim and that genre is so popular too, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Does it is it re reckoned enough to hold your interest all the way through, or will you? Do you all you already know when you're gonna kind of bow out? Uh, no, I'll probably see it through. Wow. Um, I don't remember the story well enough to to be like, oh yeah, this part and then this part. Um, plus I'm I'm interested to see what the what they come out with with the new DLC. Cool. Right on. JJ, what'd you get up to, man? So I did get to the end of Yakuza uh, Six finally. Um, but I'm not here to talk about that. You're going to talk about the detective version of the Yakuza games. No, I wish though. Uh, please put that out on PC so I can play it. Please. Are they only on, uh, judgment? Is that it? Judgment. I believe it is only out currently on Stadia. Ooh, no PlayStation, right? It's gotta be on PlayStation. It's on consoles. Okay. So, but on PC, uh, yeah. you can only get it on Stadia. Yeah, so please put that out on a platform I actually want to use, uh, and I would consider playing that game. Michael, it's all the cool. Yakuza assets used in a detective story. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a sequ- there's actually a sequel to that game. That it just out came out, yeah. Also. Yeah. Um, no, but that's not what we're here to talk about. Uh, uh, the voice of the cards demo. No, I didn't actually get to that either, though. Uh, <sighs> I want to. I've heard. Should we keep going? We could keep guessing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You guys, you guys can keep guessing. Uh, Magic Arena, new, new set. That also, but I didn't. I assumed you guys didn't want to hear about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, what we're here to talk about is the most important news for the Nintendo Direct. Oh, okay. What did you think was the most important? Well, the I, Mario movie. I mean, I guess also to talk about, I've been playing Pathfinder Kingmaker, which is a great game, but you guys don't want to hear about that because this news is way more important. Yeah, it's the Mario movie stuff. Okay. You guys, 
Dick, do you know about this, Andrew, already? The Mario movie? Yeah. Uh, Chris Pratt is Mario. Chris Pratt is Mario. First Charlie, off. Charlie Day is <laughs> Luigi. <laughs> Just Jack Black actually is... Actually good casting there. Bowser? Yes. Yes. Uh, Keegan-Michael Key is Keegan's Toad. in it, yeah, 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 yeah. I, who is he? He's Toad. Toad, okay. Um, I remember some of the faces from the, the like announcement. Uh, Seth Rogen was in it too. I don't remember who he's playing. Donkey Kong. And I saw a picture of Fred Armisen. I think too. Yes, Fred Armisen is Cranky Kong. Oh, okay. That's a great choice. That's great. I didn't uh, see who was playing Peach or if Daisy's in it. Daisy. Uh, Anya Taylor Joy is Princess Peach. Okay. Uh, she's the one from Queen's Gambit, and I haven't seen that yet. It's on my list. That, that horror movie I didn't watch. What's the horror movie you didn't watch? I don't know the name of it. <laughs> okay, so I didn't watch it. How am I supposed to know? <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, rounding out the the cast here, Kevin Michael Richardson as Kamek, and I don't know Sebastian Maniscalco as Spike. Okay. Uh, I think I don't know that I can picture Chris Pratt as Mario. I don't know that it's it's physically I'm physically capable of of understanding that. I I was trying to think back to when I was watching the Lego Movie, and Chris Pratt wasn't entirely Chris Pratt yet in that movie. I think. And like I kind of got lost in his voice being the, the guy, you know. Mm-hmm. But but now uh, when I'm picturing him playing an animated Mario, all I'm going to be able to hear is the Lego guy. His that was going to be that was the thing I was going to bring up. That, like I think he's just going to do the Lego guy voice. <laughs> do you think Charlie Day is going to try and Italian his Luigi voice? That would be weird because Chris Pratt probably doesn't have a nice Italian accent practiced yet i mean i i don't want him to do that (laughs) (laughs) i think i I, you know like i guess it should be saying like you know neither none of neither of those two are italian (laughs) i'm pretty sure right no i don't think so yeah that's it's that was a big drop at the end there seth rogan as donkey kong and Keegan Michael Key is Toad. I'm into that. Like, there's already a video out there of someone doing the the sketch of Keegan Michael Key from the the Key and Peele sketch show, where he's reading the names off in class. You know the where's oh yeah A-A-Ron? the attendance the attendance Aaron yeah yeah of that pitched up to sound like that really high <laughs> shrill voice that Toad has. <laughs> very funny oh my gosh i'm into that too that's great you know i don't know that he will do that but it is the idea that he would do that is very funny i'll put it this way looking at this cast if people know what they've got and they make a movie directed at who they have it's possible that it's good 
Yeah, I mean, the talent is definitely there. The talent's there to make something enjoyable. It just may not be... It better not be some version of, like, trying to tell the normal Mario stories. It's got to be a comedy comedy, obviously, based on who they hired. Yeah, the directors are the... uh, the directors who did Teen Titans Go and Teen Titans Go to the movies, I guess. Oh, I don't, I don't is know this going to be a kids group. movie? I mean, Mario is a kids game generally, so yeah. But I would say like a like a the the Lego Movie is more of an adult movie than Teen Titans Go is. I I have no comment about that because I have not seen Teen Titans Go. I mean, if you like Teen Titans, then you're going to like Teen Titans Go. But it's it's like that Cartoon Network show, right? Which mm. I kind of fell off of as I got older. <laughs> and it is the uh, the Minions studio. Oh, okay. So 3, 3D you know, animation. I truly don't know what to think about this. Because like, and the way Nintendo rolls it out is like, so Nintendo of just like announcing these people with like headshots and still photos of the actors. It's just like, like right off the bat, it's like Chris Pratt as Mario. And then it's just like, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) There were no pictures of the film, nothing like to, you know, get, get an idea about it or whatever. It's just like, yeah, Chris Pratt as Mario. We're announcing it here on the Nintendo direct. And you're like, why are we doing this? I feel like that would have been in a previous year, some sort of live announcement to really freak people out. You know, I have, it'd be a E3, you know, five years ago, it would have been an E3 walkout kind of deal. And the whole cast shows up and they all walk out and they're like, so we've got all these people here. Uh, FYI, they're going to be in the Mario movie. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been really funny, but you can't do that anymore. Okay. I reserve judgment. That cast is very good. Yeah, so I I don't know what to think. It is so hard for me to picture those people as those roles. <laughs> it's you know, probably like, a good thing. The Mario, the Mario movie, like the Mario games have <coughs> no story much really to speak of, right? Yeah. Like Peach gets kidnapped by Bowser. Mario rescues her. That's the story. Yeah. So, I, you know, I'm very curious to see what they do with it. Uh, real quick before we wrap out for the day, cause it's getting late, but I had my first experience on game pass of like, Oh, that thing I wanted to try is leaving. Um, it's not the first time that's happened, but it's the first time I really was kind of like under the gun to try and play something before it left. But it also ended up being an experience that was very good because it was one of those ones where I would have bought this thing and been very been kind of disappointed. Uh, so mm. the Game Pass subscription model pays off a little bit. Uh, Dark Crystal Tactics, you guys. Oh, okay. That is a thing that happened. It was a thing that happened a while ago. Um, I was excited about it because I watched that new Netflix Dark Crystal series and I deeply enjoyed it. And this is based on that. When they say it's based on that, uh, 
They mean literally that you're going to replay the exact same story as the Netflix show on a tactics board. Well, that's uninspired. Not only is it uninspired, the combat arenas are uninspired. By like the fourth or fifth turn, all your characters are on top of each other and you're just sort of noodling away at at each other. I I don't I don't want to speak too negatively because uh, if you really like that show, this game's probably for you. I liked that show, but not enough to replay the story through as a game. It's very light. Even as a tactics game on its own, it would be very light. There's not much in the way of like, there's, there's combos like this character stuns that character deals more damage when they're stunned. And there's like a huge host of abilities that you can actually level through. There's a job system. Um, there's main, main and secondary jobs. There's abilities, there's equipment. I love all of these things. I, I do too. Um, but it's all kind of almost like linear progression. So I got a new sword. Well, that sword's automatically going to be better than the last sword. And the sword only goes on this one guy that I use. I got a staff. Okay, well, the staff only goes on the one per. you know? Mm, okay. Um, Feels a little bit too much on rails. It's very... And I, I did... I played about five, four hours. And so, like, yeah, you might say, well, I didn't get that far into it. But it's not a long game. If it's only the, the show, I was a third of the way through the show after four hours, you know? Um, so it's, it can't be very long. There's no achievements um, on the Xbox version. There's a few achievements on Steam, but it's literally just like finish the mission, finish the mission, finish the mission. There's nothing else to achieve. Um, so, and there's, it's weird stuff because they give you a lot of tutorial but there's stuff that they don't tutorialize until the enemies do it. Uh, like, if a enemy unit goes down, they can revive them by stand standing on them. You can't revive your own units, by the way. At least at that point that I was in the game. Uh, you probably can later on once you level up jobs. But you can't just revive them like they can, where they could just stand on them. So, like... Until I stood on another unit and it died. And then the game was like, good thing you stood on that unit. It was like, wait, what? What? I didn't even know I could go. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah. The arenas were kind of small. and But they were they had a lot. They didn't have a lot to work with, right? Like, it's a puppet show. The, the sets are very right. small in the show. So, um. It's it was tw- it's twenty bucks, so it wasn't crazy. If if you bought it on sale for like ten dollars and you knew what you were getting, it might be cool. But I just thought it was like for somebody that loves tactics games and the RPG stuff that they they sucked me in right away. I was like, oh yes, there's RPG stuff in this game. <laughs> it's, it's like all the stuff you said sounded a lot like Final Fantasy Tactics, which is a game I. Love how big are, I can't remember how big the arenas were in tactics. I mean, it varies, but I would say they're pretty decently sized. You know, each unit occupying one square. Yeah. You get maybe some of the bigger maps are like maybe 20 by 30 or something. 
Yeah, these were smaller. Yeah, that sounds right. These early in the game were smaller, obviously. Uh, they usually are in a tactics game, but like even multiple missions into it, I know how I'm playing the game. I'm I'm kind of on the like open path now, where I can kind of choose different places on the map I can go to fight. Um, and there's still like by by the middle of the fight, all of my units and all of his units are just standing in a line. You know, and there's not really enough room to keep moving things around too much. There's not like interesting terrain necessarily. There, to there use. is terrain. Some of the maps, um, especially once you get to like the desert area, are gonna have like a lot of higher ground and lower ground. But um I don't know, it just was sort of uninteresting. It was okay. yeah. So that's a bummer. Because I think people probably really like that show. I mean, but within a few minutes of of this, it was very clear that, like, shove is the only way to play this game. <laughs> I don't know. So I, if people played it and they played much further than I did after a couple hours more, maybe the characters might be more interesting to play with. But the story was pretty boring because it's just the Netflix show. I talked too much about it. But uh, it was interesting to to have that experience. Um, speaking of Xbox, just real quick, I played Halo Infinite. You guys burying the lead here, man. <laughs> yeah, there's not much to say. They didn't have us test very much. I got into the Halo flight. Uh, there will be more next weekend, I think. Um, but they wanted people to check out the the battle pass and weapon weapon customizations, and then there was like a training mode also to try out. And uh, it's a very pretty game. It feels a little sluggish. The menus take a long time to load, but and uh, a lot of stuff doesn't work. So like you'd equip a skin and it just would not show up on the gun, no matter what I did. Hmm. Yeah, but that's why you feel like a thing that is always like at or very near the end right before stuff comes out. So that I would have faith would get fixed, but the skins and stuff not working is, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I guess the, the game is coming out, right? But they're releasing the campaign separately later. Yeah, multiplayer in December yes. and then sometime after that for the game. Because they're going to make the multiplayer free. Right, right. I think it'll be good. It, the multi, the uh the training mode was very fun. There's a uh like a weapons training mode, JJ. Okay. Where you just choose any gun in the game and then you go stand on a firing range. And they uh, they pop up targets, and you get points based on how quick you can down them. When you do your reloads, is a point they give you points for. Like if you do a proper, like oh, in my head I know I've downed two people. I should reload this gun before I start shooting at the third. Nets you points. Hmm, interesting. That kind of hmm. stuff. Um, headshots. You can see where you're hitting people now. They're their shields are reactive in different zones on their bodies. 
So like when I'm shooting you in the knees, your knee shields are lighting up, not your head. That's cool. Doesn't yeah, help it's useful. Me I can't see my knees, but it is no, good. no, no. But like if I'm if I'm shooting at another person, right? I can see them, and yeah, their yeah, shields yeah. are lighting up that way. Yeah. No, that's that's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's it was light. What they had to test was light, but it was very pretty. It looks really good, like better than anything in that MCC by a lot. Oh, as you would hope, right? Because there's a whole game that isn't out, yeah. and then this after it in yeah. a number of years later. So yeah, yeah. But I mean, it, after the loads, it ran really well on my system, on my system, which is a 1070. So I'm excited to get in there and try it when it comes out. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll report back after uh, vacation and let you know because I'll probably have tried the uh, the next flight and see what they're what they're offering. Until then, if people want to get in their thoughts on three point three three or uh, Halo Infinite or tell me I'm wrong about Crystal Tactics, they can send those to podcast at weweregamers dot com. That's our email address. Folks know where it's at. We're also on social media at We Were Gamers, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all those places. And uh, please, you know, follow our podcast on YouTube. Search for We Were Gamers, all one word, and you'll find us. Subscribe and hit that little bell on there. Helps us out a lot. I believe I saw a new subspace transmission just went up. Oh, yeah, that did. Yeah, it did. <laughs> we talked about uh, Star Trek Day and Lower Decks, the first five episodes. Six, five or six, five or six. It, <laughs> regardless, Lower Decks continues to be good. So Lower Decks is a very good TV show. Not just oh, it's a really good Star Trek show. Like my spouse does not get nine tenths of the references, but mm. enjoys every second of it. If anyone's looking for a recommendation, there you have it. 